Hi, I'm Josh. This is the Elegy Game Podcast. Talk about stuff. <laughs> and things. Sometimes we actually and talk things. about like the best remedies for like like uh, how to take care of your feet and how to take care of your uh, dusting your house. But today, today we're going to talk about Metal Gear Solid 5. Yes, which has nothing <laughs> to do with dermatology as far as I know. Yes, sorry all of you dermatology fans. <laughs> but today, um, so if you have not heard anything of Metal Gear Solid 5 you've been living under under a rock heck you don't even know what video games are Zach what would you tell someone that Metal Gear Solid 5 is uh, it's this complete and utter mess of game design that is awesomely fun and unfinished but great all the same <laughs> alright that, that uh, will answer uh, that- something if I have a reference on what is game um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no <laughs> yeah it's a but video at, game at that same helps time, it's Yes, it's a video game. It's it's definitely a, a great game. I, I will attest to that. I would so I would go so far as to say, now I am almost always the guy who says my favorite game is Deus Ex. Like someone asked me, "What's your favorite game?" I say Deus Ex, the original 2000 game. But this week we had the original come out, uh, or the revision for that game come out. It's really weird. Um, and you can play through all of the original Deus Ex with better graphics and slightly upgraded level design and I realized, wow, I'd rather be playing Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very strange for you cuz yeah, you yeah, I don't like Deus Ex is your favorite. Yeah, but... Deus Ex is my favorite. Metal Gear Solid 5 I don't like. Um or no, no, no. It's not Metal Gear that I don't like. It's the the the, the spirit uh the 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 things in Metal Gear Solid 5 that rub me the wrong way, and every time that I would play one of the games, I would swear off the entire game series by the time that I got to the end of it. And this is the first one that I finished. I didn't have any grievances against it, other than, you know, like, you have your one main support character is, yeah. her chest is fully exposed and inflated the entire entirety of the 40 hours that she's in the game. It's kind of a dumb excuse but, for why she's that way also, but we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But besides that, like, there's nothing... Everything that I would want in a game is in this game. And that was surprising to me. And ultimately... Okay, so I should back up. I should back up. Um, Wheel it back. Wheel it back. Yeah, wheel it back. So, if you've never heard of a video game before, this is a game where you play as a uh, gruff-looking man who (laughs) is going, going into... For some reason, he's going into... Afghanistan in 1984 and he has to do things mostly involving just him doing a military operation where he can't be seen and that's that's pretty much the whole first half of the game 
Yeah. It's just you going in, into places in Afghanistan with, with maybe a little bit of help, uh, mostly no help. Yeah. And Sometimes uh, a dog, sometimes a horse. Sometimes a dog, sometimes a horse. Yeah. The horse comes first. Horse the horse first. comes first. D-horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is D-horse. The best horse. And then, and then once you get into the second half of the game, you're you're exploring and uh, completing random missions in Africa, and then you get a pet robot, and uh, you can call him over and you can whistle to him, and he just comes running. He's really nice. He's really friendly. Um. <laughs> D Walker is a friendly robot. He is a very friendly robot. So, um, with all those little pretenses out of the way, Zach, how about you share with us what? some of the game's themes are. You were talking to me about that earlier today. Okay, so the game seems to be... Well, the name kind of gives you a lot of what the story is about. Oh, random aside, real quick, I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to say for listeners, we are going to be saving all of our spoilers for the second half of the podcast. So we're going to talk about the themes, we're going to talk about the mechanics, and then we're going to spoil the snot out of the game. But uh, we will let you know once we get to those spoilers, so you can stay on for the entire time until that point. Go ahead, Zach. So the game itself is Metal Gear Solid V, well, 5 more likely, but it's called The Phantom Pain. And a a Phantom Pain is something that people experience when, let's say, an arm or a leg is cut off, or, I mean, it's kind of like a military term. So when someone has that happen to them, their brain still is connected and feels as if that arm is still there. So. The game deals basically with the subject matter of absence and about things that are taken away from people. And this happens in, like, two different ways. I mean, it happens narratively a lot. And it also happens yeah. mechanically. I mean, the the big boss you play in the game, he has, like, a robot arm, right? He's missing an arm. So yeah. that's that's literal phantom pain. Yeah. And then you have uh, Kazuhiro Miller. He's also missing a couple limbs right there. And then yeah, because of tor- random being, randomly being tortured for the past nine years. Yeah, and then but what happens is that that doesn't become localized to just a single person. The game kind of takes this scale where it actually shows places, people, things that have that have lost something that's essential to themselves, and then eventually can never regain it. So they have certain reactions to it. It's kind of a meta commentary on colonialism a lot of it a lot of it seems to be that way i mean you're in afghanistan when you say when you say uh, a meta commentary on colonialism you mean um bigger countries going into smaller countries and making them become subservient to them yeah in, in a very uh, japanese way so it, it just okay. just thinking about this like uh, japan has very big anxieties about nuclear weapons just sure and sure. when you have mostly nu- because yeah. they're the only country that's ever been nuked. Yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah. So they have the game has very Japanese anxieties about nuclear deterrence and that sort of thing, but it also has this understanding that uh, well, I would say Kojima's probably thinking of it in terms of his culture is that Japan since the time that the nukes have been dropped has continually become more westernized, right? Japanese yeah. culture is disappearing. Japanese language is disappearing. The language of business is English. It's not really? Japanese. Yeah. I mean, if you go in most places around the world, English is the language of business. So Yeah, that's true. That's so, very true. Oh, it, okay. That makes yeah. a lot of sense as you get into the themes of the game, too. Because Yeah. In, I mean, this isn't a major spoiler if you watch the, the, the later trailers, but everything was about how language is the weapon of the 21st century. Yeah, words can kill. I mean, the way that people 
say things and think things determines in some sense the way that they react to situations or the way that they proceed through life, right? If you live in yeah. Western culture, English gives you particular proclivities to act in particular ways, right? Yeah. A lot of English is revolving around individualistic cultures. So a lot mm-hmm. of the words are like more individualistic, whereas in more communal cultures, like let's say just Japan, just for example, there's not a lot of possessive a language in there. It's more about like huh. community. And of course, there are also yeah. some languages yeah. that don't have any I whatsoever, right? No reference. And in our churches, our American churches, the, the essence of um, individualism is also very evident in our worship songs, where a lot of our worship songs are very much about me and it's about me and you. Those words show up a lot in our worship songs, whereas we and us don't show up nearly as often as they do in other cultures. Yeah, which is surprising because a lot of worship songs from like other countries in the world have nothing to do with the individualistic aspect at all. It's all about the community as a whole, as like a whole church worshiping yeah. God. So, and that's but, obviously one of the main themes of Metal Gear Solid is uh, exactly. language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 there's so many uh, the themes about loss and. Um, even even in the character Quiet, who we had briefly mentioned before, that she's this character who, um, for for some reason, narratively gets explained. And we'll save that for the spoilers. Why she's not clothed, yeah. um, but, but she she can't speak. doesn't talk. Yeah, hence Quiet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of obvious. Hence, yeah, exactly. And so there's this aspect of loss even to her because of the fact that she she obviously knows how to speak, but there's for some reason that she can't. Yeah, and then you have a, a Skullface, who's... I, I don't think he's a spoiler. He's in all the trailers. Yeah, he obviously lost his face. Yeah, uh, <laughs> skin and stuff. I mean, he doesn't yeah. look normal. But there, yeah. are, there are reasons why he acts the way he does, and most of them do revolve around uh, colonialism and imperialism and other such things. Or at least yeah. his interpretation of events, which is another yeah. theme of the game, is interpretation. Yeah. Because... During your time playing the game, you, the player, have been given certain information that lets you view the events through a particular lens. Uh-huh. Now, whether or not this lens is the correct one is something that you find out later in the game. Yeah, but yeah. and we'll, we'll yeah, save that. We'll save that for later, but the way that you play the game initially frames the events in a particular way and leaves out important aspects that you may have missed, but you could have picked up on. I'm sure it's not much of a spoiler at that point, but just so... (laughs) So the And this this is a thing that dictates the actions of most of the characters in the game, too. They have particular interpretations of world events, and that's the way they act in the world. And that includes you. I mean, that's why you perform your duties. You know, like, you want to shoot everybody up? You can do that. You want to, like, blow... Everything up, sure. Or if you want to go through stealthily and kill absolutely no one, you could do that too. <laughs> but the thing is that in this game, there's an extreme motivation for why you wouldn't want to do those things. Whereas in other games that give you the choice, there's no motivation to, okay, so you could go into this base and try not to be seen by anybody, which is called ghosting a level. Um, you could go into the base and shoot everybody and just take everyone out and that's of course the assault style and then there's the non-lethal takedown style which is abducting all the enemy allies with this thing the Fulton extraction yeah which um, is the best and, 
which which is the best because that's how you do the main meta story of the game or meta objective of the game which is to build your private private military yeah which is the kind of the overarching uh framework by which you kind of do stuff in the game now of course you don't have to do this but you it helps a lot yeah <laughs> so what you yeah. basically do is you knock everybody out and then you use fulton balloons to make them travel to your mother base so that they can build stuff for you right right or or just do whatever they want because they, they uh, are all adopting the, uh, the the great lore of Big Boss, yeah. and they, they believe in they believe in you, Big Boss. Yeah. Um, did you did you this is this this is not too much of a spoiler, but once you once you go back to, to Mother Base and you walk around the base, there's two things that you can do. Uh, three things actually. You can um, go up to the other soldiers and punch them in the face. Of course, they <laughs> thank you for it. <laughs> Um, and well, you can just training. like start they're training. Yeah, they call it training. Um, you can you can take a shower. Um, that's a very interesting mechanic. I can't think of. Well, actually, okay, that's been a weird trend lately in like alternative uh, indie games is, is showering <laughs> yeah. games. Um, but I'm if not gonna, you're curious, I'm not gonna go... the shower actually does stuff. Like what? So if you uh, you're supposed to wipe the thing off, right? Because um, enemies can smell you if you're too smelly. <laughs> and it's it's also true because like the uh, horse poop, the horse can poop, and so you can they uh-huh. can smell it. But there's also the benefit that um, it increases your reflex time for reflex mode, among other things. Right, but, right. Yeah, but because the bloodier you get, the the more war weary, quote unquote, you are. So you yeah. need to. Uh, you also can take more damage, I think, if you're fully refreshed. So, but it's it's kind of like this weird hidden mechanic. I have no huh, idea. Yeah. How many times you can go in without it, you know, stinking yeah. out the place? So, Zach, I'm going to ask you right now. Um, what was one of your favorite missions, and what you did for that mission? Like, how did you go about it? Because I figured we could talk in about the 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 mechanics of the game, but I figured the best way to do that is to tell a story. Yeah. And so, can you tell a, sto- a story of like what your favorite thing is that you did recently on a mission? Oh, well, I can tell you my favorite thing that I did first, which was the the quiet uh, boss fight. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, I didn't do it the way most people do it, which is like the boring way. Which is kind of like, a, oh, I'm just going to uh, one-shot this, you know, and just knock I don't, it out. I don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. Or you get supply drop, right? I mean, a lot of people kind of figured that out. It's a hidden way to do it. It's fun, I guess. Okay. But, so, yeah, I, you can take her out right away that Every time that I've tried it, she's jumped out of the way, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm just doing it wrong or what happened there. So, uh, do you do you tag her first, or yeah, I tagged her first, and then I caught into the supply drop, and as soon as it comes in, she goes to try to hit her head. She just like she just jumps out of the way. Huh, she's like, oh, weird. we can get off from this perch now. It might be because I was waiting too long while she was up there. I don't know. Yeah, you got to do it really fast, I think. But okay. the best way to do it, and the most fun I had was uh, sniper rifle. Like an actual yeah, it was, sniper. it was to get into a nice, yeah, to get into like an enemy at the gate style sniper duel. Yeah, if you think in Metal Gear Solid One terms, it was like Sniper Wolf, but fun. Yeah, because <laughs> Sniper yeah, Wolf is not really fun. No, it wasn't. Um, but the one thing that I, I did for that particular mission is I also played it on the extreme difficulty, um, which is which is um, yeah, extreme, something that later hard. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, where if she hits you once, you die. Um, that was really, really hard. Um, so I, I, I did cheat a little bit, but, um, 
the one thing that I did was I brought along D-Dog. So anytime that D-Dog gets near her, he senses her for you, so that brings her up on your on your radar. So that that's one of the things. Um, if you develop a close enough relationship with D-Dog, he can just start um, sensing where enemies are. That that probably would have helped. <laughs> so that, that that's one thing that's helpful. But the thing that I did that was kind of cheaty was I used op- optic camo. So anytime that I would go out around the, the edges, she wouldn't see that I was there. And as a result, that gave me the opportunity to get like a really nice, easy shot on her. Or to get closer so that she wasn't able to get like a perfect shot on me. Yeah, but you can really totally do it like normally. It's just really hard. <laughs> yeah, I tr- it's very, I tried very hard. doing it and I got her like all the way down and then she just sniped me once and I died. But you literally can outstealth her and actually get good vantage points for sniping and whatnot. It's just mm-hmm. really hard to do on extreme. Yeah, it takes way. a lot of patience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really, really like that one. One of the things that I liked um, was the very, very first main mission of the game. So there's an intro mission that's just wacky and weird and has fire whales and <laughs> all sorts of crazy things. That it's, it's easily the most narratively dense section of the game. Yeah, it's the only thing that's really Metal Gear about. Metal Gear Solid. Five, yeah, well, the, the the only thing that's truly wacky Metal Gear storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, there's there's some other parts that are that are wacky, but not not nearly as dense as that part. Um, but after that, you get to the first real mission, which I think is technically called Mission One, where um you show up in the field. Ocelot gives you a horse, and he says you need to go and get Kazuhara Miller. Um, well, I don't know why I said that like I was a Russian. Kazuhara Miller. Also known yeah, as Cos Master Miller, Miller from Cos. Metal Gear Solid 1. I did not know that, and it just dawned on me today. Oh, man, that's a weird that's a weird slow to the realization party. Yeah, I know. Um. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, is that the same guy? And I'm like, it is. Well, actually, it wasn't. Conceptually, yeah. And, of course, there's, there's some twists in the first game. but um, Actually, also, but yeah, on so, that first mission, did you know if you turn mm-hmm. around and you go behind where those, like, ruined structures are. There's actually a whole tutorial there on how to play the game. Oh, no, I didn't know that at all. I That's know. hilarious. I couldn't believe it, but I guess Kojima's <laughs> like, let's hide the tutorial here instead. That's funny. I, I, yeah, I, I, never found, I never found that at all. I mean, yeah. there's so many things that I didn't realize until I was in, like, practically, do- like, literally dozens and dozens of hours. Like, I didn't realize that you could fast travel in a game, you know, until, like, I, I knew that you could, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah, um, it's other than, crazy. Yeah, it's anyway. So the very first mission, you show up and you're you're given a horse. You're told you need to find Kaz, and so you have the very first thing that you learn on the horse is how to use horse stealth by height by riding not side saddle. What's the right word for it? Um, <laughs> hanging off of the saddle of the horse on the right or the left of the horse. Yeah, so that soldiers can't see. And so, of course, that's how you get past the very, very first outpost in the game, or just go around it. And then it teaches you how to use your binoculars on how to how to scope things out and, and to anticipate where soldiers are going to be. Otherwise, it becomes this really awful game of trial and error. Um, but having that situational awareness is one of the things that makes it a really, really great stealth game. And then towards the end of that mission, you have these weird ghost zombie soldier things the the skulls show up and they start chasing you and so you have to get onto your horse again and ride out with Kaz after you've rescued him from the enemy camp um but when i played that mission recently 
um, I was able to take in all the things that I had gotten later in the game. So the very first thing that I did was, I was like, okay, I have to start this on the horse because the game requires me to do that. But the first thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to get my D-Walker, the, the robot, to show up on, on the course. So I summoned the D-Walker in and uh, it just, for whatever reason, the marker defaults to right on top of my Jeep. So I'm like, sure, just spawn right next to the Jeep. And then I get down to the Jeep and I notice that the D-Walker is hovering on the top of the Jeep. <laughs> Did you drive like, like some? Yeah, I did. I did, and I, I suddenly I'm like, this is great. Um, and I had I had just gotten a few more upgrades for D Walker, and so he had the 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 brand new fancy schmancy intercept mode. And so the f- very first thing that I thought would be great is to drive this into an enemy camp, and and turn and tell yell out um, intercept mode. And of course, the D Walker just starts looking for something to shoot, <laughs> and. And I drive right into an enemy camp. The soldier sees me. It goes into reflex time, which, of course, is the um, slow motion. And I'm driving, so there's not really any kind of thing I can do to this, to remedy this. But the D-Walker eventually, too slow, unfortunately, turns around and in suspended air on the top of my truck bed, starts shooting the guy with, with the tranquilizer rounds. And the guy just continues to shoot for a little bit until it, it gets, fills him up with enough tranquilizer rounds. And the guy goes down, and then another guy shows up out of nowhere. It wasn't a very good... It, I ended up dying, but it wasn't... <laughs> it was an interesting experiment when it happened. <laughs> and so I, I grew very much to really like D-Walker, even though I didn't like it at first. And I just like yeah, the way that the game gave you all these... As you progress through the game, it gives you so many tools for you to then take back so to many. previous missions that you haven't used. So and so I literally used that... D Walker to solve like two or three of the, the hidden mission objectives that I now knew that I could make progress, even further progress on the first mission, even though I had already beaten the final mission. Yeah, man. You know, the, the amount of like tools and weapons and items it just makes your head spin. Like, yeah. It's, it's like And it's weird because dense. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because the more that you play, the more that you find that there's more things in the game that you didn't know or didn't have. How can there be more things? It just goes on and on. I found out. I found out after I full extracted my thousandth soldier. That's a thousand times that I've taken people down non-lethally and extracted them. That I get a special new weapon upgrade. What for my D Walker? Why? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm, like, totally missing any upgrades for D-Dog, and it's because I missed some guy in an earlier mission. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I that's can't one get of the knife. He is the electro-spinning specialist. Uh, is one of the hardest guys to get, because I think that that's on a mission that is, like, you have to do a whole lot of driving or a whole lot of horseback riding to get there. Oh, that's stupid. And then once you get into that base, you have to get there all the way into that base without being seen and so that no enemy soldiers are killed and so, or, or not enemy soldiers, uh, uh, prisoners get killed. Um, cause there's like a hostage situation. If you get there fast enough and you're unseen, then you can get the, the electro spinning specialist. Um, oh, goodness. You know, I don't even like that mission, but I, I guess I gotta go back there again. Yeah. God, I do it. Well, I did have um, a good time running around with D Walker, like blowing up every tank in my line of sight, so I guess it's not that bad. That, that's, I don't think that mission has that many tanks. The first time I brought D-Dog, and uh, it didn't work out so well. <laughs> you I just, get killed? 
No, he I get extracted because he was wounded. No, I just couldn't get anywhere. <laughs> Why not? Everything was so far away. I didn't know where I was oh, supposed to be going. So because you forgot to you forgot to start with a vehicle and choose a vehicle for your loadout. Yeah, or the horse. No, 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 no. You don't need. You don't. You, you have to pick between D Dog or the horse. Those are your options. Yeah, I would have been better with a and horse because I didn't have full Fulton at that point. So, oh, uh, first time. Well, so. you can you can. Another thing that you can do that's kind of fun is you can um, spawn in a um, you can start the mission with a jeep and then D Dog rides in the front seat of the jeep with you. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do that all. And, and the best part is that when you're riding around, he's still sniffing out the enemy soldiers and marking them on your radar. So as you start to get close to enemy bases, you already know where everybody is. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Well, you can't bring quiet so, on that mission because she can't blow anything up. She tries to yeah. sneak the tanks, and it's not doesn't work. <laughs> she yeah. tries really hard though. I don't. I'm not. It's weird. Quiet was my favorite buddy for the game for like the first forty hours that I played, and then the last sixty hours that I played, I've been using not quiet. So <laughs> I've been mostly I've been mostly using um, D Dog and D Walker. Um, I, ha- I haven't even hung out with a horse in a long time. Yeah, what just because horse? the vehicles that you get are just like, you just get so many great vehicles. Once you start getting the, the Fulton extraction uh, upgrade to be able to extract vehicles. Yeah, but the horse, he can wear a dumb face shield. <laughs> 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 like, it's called, you can't, you- it's like battle armor, and it's like this like funky looking mask on a horse. Yeah, and you can't look him in the face. Because he's 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 an armor horse. You can't look an armor <laughs> horse in the face. All right, that was that was terrible. I'm sorry. Um, so, <laughs> are there any other? Oh, I forgot to tell. Can I can I spoil the one thing that you get when you extract a thousand soldiers? Sure, why not? Okay, you get a ballista, uh, a, a Fulton ballista for your D Walker, and this thing it shoots- it's weird because it. Oh it, goodness! It, 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 I'd say that it's kind of like the bow in Gears of War. That like it starts. At, at, you you can't aim at first. You actually have to pull the trigger first for it to start arming, and then you have to let go of the trigger for it to fire. <laughs> and as soon as you let go, then of course whatever it hits, it takes. Oh my goodness! There's there's limitations. Fantastic. Unfortunately, it doesn't immediately take the skull soldiers, and it doesn't immediately take the um the guys who are shooting at it. Well, that makes um, sense. But if for someone doesn't see it coming, that makes sense for us, right? But if you if you take them if you take anybody by surprise and hit them with the Fulton uh, ballista, then of course they they go away. Um, it, it just immediately strips them away. Um, so how long have you been playing this now? I have ninety. How many? Let's see. I have. What's what's this say here? have 98 hours um in the game and i have an article drafted that i haven't published anywhere about whether or not that's good stewardship um (laughs) (laughs) but it's such a fun fun game yeah oh one other thing um on the subject of the skulls in the game you know how they have the they wear these things called the parasite suits yeah um did you get the parasite suit yet? I have the suit, but I've only Fultoned like one or two skulls, so I have no idea what it actually does. Right, and so that was a thing that I. It's, it's super hard to Fulton the skulls out because there's you, you just have to go and revisit previous missions to do so to begin with. It's unfortunate you don't have quiet anymore because it makes it pretty much trivial. 
Yeah, well, it, se- it seems kind of trivial. Anyway, just today, just today, in the 98th hour of me playing the game, I tried for the first time the mist ability for the parasite suit because I had just gotten it. And I found out, wait a second, now I have to find out what the other mist abilities are because I don't, e- or, or the other parasite abilities are because I don't know. I don't are. even know what they are. Like, the mist is obvious. That one's kind of like you can just summon your own sandstorm. And, you know, the sandstorms in the game are just randomly show up while you're in Afghanistan and you love it because anybody who you marked suddenly it becomes like a, a, a punching bag thing where you can just run up really quick um, if it and you have it, it always triggers the uh, yeah give the reflex slap. mode but you just quick run up to him press the trigger and slam him into the ground <laughs> <laughs> yeah sandstorms are great I love sandstorms um, so yeah the mist is basically your own your own personal use sandstorm um, this game it's so big yeah. too many it's things so many. yeah and it took me I think it took me literally like 12 hours of side questing and specifically objectiving to be able to get the silent sniper rifle uh, the tranquilized silent sniper rifle so I'd be able to, to tranquilize enemies from like a great distance which you would think would break the game but of course then there's just a lot more soldiers who are wearing helmets so it becomes really tricky for you to to get that that headshot on guys and uh. well, unless you deploy uh, your combat units to get rid of all the shields and all of the helmets and whatnot, which is what I did. Right, right, yeah. And I need I need to do that a lot more. Uh, well, if I'm going to play the game anymore, which I don't think I am, I need to in- uninstall this game. I probably that's, that's probably what I need to do. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I realized that Metal Gear Online doesn't come out for this until January anyway. Yeah, then so, you brush up on your skills. <laughs> brush up on them yeah i don't know i'm not i'm probably not going to do that i'm probably just going to uninstall the game and uh use that hard drive space for something else even though um to be completely honest i really do think that this is my favorite game right now like not not just right now but maybe of all time uh just because of so many things that it does right so yeah yeah i, I mean think- that's not every mechanic but it I have a written review that I'm going to write, and it will have all of the things. Yeah, we'll we'll get much more into that. So it's now so hard I because think... it's so long. It's just too many things. Are you are you ready to spoil the game, Zach? Yeah, let's spoil it. Okay, Spoilers. anybody? Anybody who doesn't want to know all the secrets of the game, get out now. Don't. The so what is what you just finished the game? Was it today or yesterday? Uh, last night. Last night. Last night. Okay, so. You finished the the rehash of the first mission, which is called Truth Now, which shows you... Truth, the man who sold the world. Yeah, which finally explains that silly joke in the very beginning of the game where you're custom creating your character for some random reason. You find out, wait, no, that's your actual form of who you actually are. You are the pilot, or no, 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 the medic. Medic on the helicopter. On the helicopter in Ground Zeroes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, what, yeah. What, did, what did your 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 original self look like? Uh, I had blonde hair and I had like a lightning scar down my eye. <laughs> <laughs> I because I didn't care because I was like I'm not doing multiplayer so I don't care what I look like. I'll just throw yeah. I didn't I didn't know what I, I looked like an old gristled dude who had been through some crap. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, and had like silver white hair. So the fun part about uh, the way the mission comes up is that um. Depending on, I, I have no idea what the actual requirements are because for most people it just pops up. Like all those guys mm. you read about, how it comes up is wrong. 
because <laughs> I clearly have a quiet, and I have not done the side op or the mission where she uh, flits away to uh, die in a desert or something. But mm. I have finished the game. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. Nobody knows what the requirements are. It just you do a bunch of missions that are just like the missions you did in chapter one. Chapter two, which is called race, does not deal with race in any way. <laughs> No, there's no gun race. There's no nuke race. There's no yeah. uh, ethnic race. There's there's just there's nothing. I don't know what happened, but and then and then this mission comes up, and the game's like, oh, you should play the tutorial again, just so you get a better sense of what happened. And then they show you like, but it's called truth now. Yeah, which yeah, there are no facts, only interpretations. Frigid nature. Yeah, no surprise. And yeah. so that's why I said earlier about the interpretation angle, which was. That basically they use like uh, hypnotherapy or whatever they used in the revolver ocelot thing to make this dude think he was uh, big. Boss. Actually, big boss. Yeah. yeah, and 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 of course they did lots of facial reconstruction and lots of like apparent beard reconstruction. <laughs> yeah, and you could you could tell there's yeah the beard reconstruction. I'm not sure how they did that, but uh, but it's just pretty fascinating that they were able to do yeah. it. Anyway, it's an interesting move, although it seems like you. I kind of guessed it immediately because I was like, well, I kind of remember Naked Snake from the earlier games, and he was a lot more like a James Bond character with one liners and stuff than the, this, yeah. this boring, dull guy <laughs> who barely he's, says anything. And, and that seems to be one of the underlying realities is that it's a commentary on you as the player. You are, in essence, playing as. Your interpretation, you as Solid Snake, yeah. which is kind of like the the like big revelation of you've been playing as yourself. That's why he hasn't been talking is because you're not talking. Yeah, and uh, there's also something to be said if he actually is a separate character. He has distinctive personality traits. Like he doesn't do the right, things and Big that's, Boss would do. Exactly, and that's the, the biggest surprise for me is I'm playing through the game I'm getting towards the end of the game. I, I played it way too intense, intently that I didn't have anybody else that I could talk to. And I'm wondering, like, why do I like this guy so much? <laughs> like, well, everything in the advertising of the game, everything in the trailers was like, this is about Big Boss's descent into bad guydom. It has he is, he is becoming a villain. And even in the trailers, you see him walking through the hallway and, like, his horn and his forehead growing, which is shrapnel, which doesn't make any sense why the shrapnel will get bigger sticking out of his head. But it does. And, of course, (laughs) if you play the game as a really, really bad guy, you can permanently get your face smeared with blood and and the bigger horn. There's a called uh, Demon Points. So if you just kill everything and build nukes, you'll become a demon, literally. Now, did you become more demon-like considering you just like killing things? Uh, No, I didn't really kill that much, honestly. Yeah, because when you suddenly are being converted. You're well, slowly being converted to my pacifist ways. No, when I when I suddenly <laughs> wanted to, like, when I was just like, oh, I've done this enough. I, I've already done this part. I just want to get it done. I would just kill it. But yeah, rarely did that happen. The game was usually pretty fair. Yeah, that's but, like, that's understandable. It's so weird. Like this venom. He's basically venom snake. Let's just call it like it right, right. Which that's, is why that's what he is. He's not big boss. He's venom snake. Which is why it's called Metal Gear Five. Which is V, and the code word V has come to means that you know the project that Cipher set in place is all set. And big boss right, follows right. his plan for some reason. I didn't really get that part, but yeah, I don't fully. I don't understand any of 
the the intricate details of the, the why and like the very beginning of the game. Also, a very confusing fact is you have Cipher, which is I, you know what? I think the, Cipher is just Zero's alternate name. Okay, okay. So you but you have these these soldiers who look like they're they're taking over the place to destroy everything, and then you also have these other paramilitary units, one of which is on fire. The other is flo- floating in the air, and they're all killing one another. There's no real explanation on why they're killing one another, but they're killing one another. Well, I, they're... I can give you a semi-good explanation. I'm not sure if this is the best one. Okay, yeah. so like, so just to explain this part. So Fox was the original unit that you know Snake was part of during the, the um, Snake Eater mission, yeah, Snake Eater, whatever. In the 60s. Okay, and uh, at the same time, there was a alternate group which is the black ops arm of fox which is established which is called xof Mm -hmm. and there was a group that was formed during between the events of snake eater and uh peace walker called cypher and the members of that group were big boss uh zero eva among other people yeah, and their goal was to uh, fulfill the the boss's will using the philosopher's legacy, which is this big billion dollar thing that the boss was sent by the CIA to get during Snake which is some mysterious billions of dollars yeah, or unlimited money somewhere. Yeah. yeah, and so basically the the disagreement between them fulfilling the boss's will, which was to have um, a world where everybody was you know not so much about war and killing each other is uh, kind of where all the conflict of the entire series stems from. So Big Boss yeah. wants a world where soldiers can live. So the only way to create that is constant warfare. And then Zero wants a world in which everyone is united under a common government, which is where the Patriots comes from. So it's oh, not, okay. yeah, it's not Zero. Zero sets up the rules of the warm world government and the AI runs rampant after he becomes disabled from the... Um, but it's vocal parasites that Skullface sends. Oh, okay. That's why the Patriots are created because of Skullface. See, I'm glad that you retain all this information. I listened to all the audio files and I didn't quite get it. Um, yeah. And of course, just you know, Metal Gear story is mostly like it's a mixture of brilliant commentary, real world things, <laughs> jokes, and complete and utter nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> and it gets really convoluted real quick. But yeah. At least in terms of story, this game does basically summarize all the stuff that happened. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. is the missing link between uh, this and Metal Gear, if you ever actually want to play that, which I doubt anyone Yeah, does. which would be really, really, really weird to play in succession. Yeah, yeah so I finished this one. I'm going to go and play the 1987 game. Yeah, well, it does explain why you <laughs> kill Big Boss in that one, and you also kill him in Metal Gear 2. That's why it's done this way. Oh. Yeah, because the first big boss that dies is the outer heaven big boss who is venom snake and then the second one is the big boss who starts the zanzibar which is the the nation of soldiers which is the real big boss yeah so big boss actually didn't do all the cool things that he did in this game the legend is bigger than the actual dude yeah or i think that they say that the real big boss is also doing this but somewhere else like he's building up his own big 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 boss base and other big boss land yeah and there can only be one (laughs) Etc. So no, there really can't. There's yeah. there, there has to be there has to be at least two. <laughs> no, they say in the game there could only be one big boss, so that's why Phantom yeah, Snake eventually has to it's die. It's absolutely nonsense. Yeah. And of course, the in the story, the you find out that Ocelot and Kaz both know this, and they're just supporting this fake big boss. 
Yeah. Right? And one of them works for Cypher after, because uh, Miller is so disgusted by Big Boss abandoning them that he decides he wants to uh, make sure that the children of Big Boss grow up to, like, kill him or whatever. <laughs> it's very, Right, right. He, he says he's going to make the Venom Snake bigger and, and so, badder than the real Big Boss. And then Ocelot's like, well, you know what? We both have to support separate of sons because they're going to be an inevitable conflict, which is Metal Gear Solid, etc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the one thing that was to talk a little bit about the side characters real quick. So in a, I don't remember the number of the mission. This is probably somewhere around like 25 or somewhere around there where you first start uh, your the mission is to go get White Mamba, which is one of the the uh, child soldiers, the leader of the child soldiers, yeah. and all of the chi- child soldiers are, are dark-skinned, but this one is light-skinned, and of course you get to him and you see him, and you're like, oh, this is obviously one of the, the twin snakes. This is obviously one of the clones. Yeah, it's liquid, of, It's basically Liquid Snake. Yeah, we all, we ultimately find out that it is actually Liquid Snake. The only, it, the only reason why it makes sense for him to have a British accent. Um, because he was in London at the time when he went missing. Sure. I know, yeah, it's that, weird. That, I heard that in the audio tape, too. <laughs> um, but what's weird is that this little kid ends up becoming this major problem, and there's there's obviously some setup that it's going to be going into. It never fully gets there, other than at the very end of the game, he steals the Sahelanthropus, the, the Metal Gear, from the base. <laughs> yeah, with... With um, the third man or third boy, I think is what they call him, which is more than likely Psychomantis as a baby. Yeah, it is Psychomantis, pretty much. Yeah, and so Psychomantis uses his telekinesis to pick himself, liquid, baby liquid, and a giant Metal Gear and fly across the ocean with his psychokinetic powers. Yeah, okay, so if there's <laughs> one thing that I think is stupid is that, like, Psychomantis is, like, the deus ex machina of this game. He just comes in and just says, this is where the plot's going. I'm gonna control this giant robot. And it's like, I don't understand right. why, but okay. Right, right. The reason why um, the, the man on fire, who is this... M- basically indestructible flaming human being dies is because psychomantis baby psychomantis the third man takes control or the third boy takes control of sahelanthropus the metal gear and then stomps on the men on fire and then ultimately starts rampaging against even against um Skullface. Yeah, because he attunes to the person with the most rage. I guess that's that's what I heard in the tape. Right, so right. That's like what that's what you find out. Yeah, empathy skills of some sort, psychic powers. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and he gets all of his power from really angry other people. Yeah, and that's why Liquid Snake is the most angry because he's yeah. got all the recessive genes of Big Boss, and he's really he's just really bad at it. Yeah, he's bad apparently at cool. Something I don't know. He just sucks. <laughs> oh, did, like, you, did you watch the um, the supposed Mission Fifty One, uh, Kingdom of what? the Flies? Um, what? Do you not know about this? So on the special, no. What, yeah, what is this? On the special edition DVD for whatever this game comes with, right? There's a whole like cut mission that they show where uh, Liquid takes all the the boy soldiers and uh, Psychomantis to some hidden island where they set up, like, traps and stuff. And then XOF and Big Boss both try to find him because he has the last strain of the virus. 
And um, because wait, 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 I I don't understand. I'm hard, having a hard time following because yeah, there's a mission that was basically cut from the game that resolves all this storyline. Oh, okay. So it, this is a real mission that's not on the game. Not in the game, no. So they like got it half built, and they're like, we ran out of money. We're or dumping. I think Konami the director was of the game. like Konami's like, uh, yeah, you need to finish this, and you're not just not going to have this in the game. Okay. And then Kojima was like, okay. <laughs> Cause uh, yeah, it look it looks pretty awesome. I will ran. respectively bow out. <laughs> yeah, it looks or pretty respectfully, awesome. Respectfully, not respective. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, and I guess that kind of resolves the whole plot line. But anyway, it ends up like the same yes. thing. Anyway, is that he's angry at his quote unquote father, who's not really his father, but it's yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and that was the thing that was disorienting is because towards the end of the game, you also get uh, there's a blood test that happens to see how much. Um, your big boss is, is similar to him. And there's also kind of like a foreshadowing because the whole game you're thinking, obviously this is one of, one of the descendants of big boss. Yeah. And then they say, nope, nope, it's not your nope, lunch. There is a hundred percent sure assurance that he is not your son. Yeah. And I think at that point I was like, yeah, okay, this guy's not your <laughs> big boss. I mean, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. Cause yeah. They, you can't just lead people around like that and go, Oh, he's just totally different character. He just looks, he just looks similar. No, yeah, Kojima could do that though. There's one last conversation that I wanted to, to just reflect on because earlier today you helped clarify for me because I really didn't understand Quiet's exit. Like the last real mission, the last real authored mission is the one where you have to go and try to get Quiet because she leaves. She leaves after then- mission 43, which is the body horror segment where you have to kill yeah. all the guys who are infected with the evolved version of the parasite, the vocal parasite, just for context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you get, you get there and she, I think that like, there's a guy who's like about to rape her or something. That's what it looked like. And then of course, of course she just to a woman who can breathe through her skin. So <laughs> who can breathe through her skin and teleport. So she starts breathing through her skin and teleporting and ends up killing pretty much everybody and, any of the soldiers nearby while she's still handcuffed. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> which is hilarious considering she can teleport out of handcuffs and she proves that time and time again. Yeah, why? I don't... <laughs> yeah, sometimes things about Quiet's story make no sense to me. Like, for example, when they're torturing her and they like, you have the information, you have the information. It's like, guys, maybe she could talk in a language that's not English. You guys all clearly know multiple languages because it says it in the mother base menu. Okay. Yeah, and they don't even. And she bother. can speak. She can speak Navajo. Like at the end of that scene, she reveals that she can speak Navajo because Code Talker says you. And he even tells people this: my language Navajo is the one that is safe for people who have vocal sort vocal cord parasites. Yeah. Though okay, then everyone should try a different language till they can talk to her. But no, they they all get huffy and puffy, and Kazuhiro Miller's like, I'm so angry, like he is in every single stupid cutscene in this game. Yeah, he's just angry the whole game. He he's just he's just a very angry little boy. Although he likes kids, he really likes kids. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, okay, so anyway, so you get there, you try. Uh, she tries to take out everybody. All of a sudden, every single one of the so- Soviet soldiers in all of Afghanistan decide they have to try to kill you. Yeah, and they all have tanks. And they all have tanks <laughs> that one-shot you. 
And so you have to use all of your 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 Metal Gear powers to action your way out of the situation. Yeah, because this is an action game, not a stealth game. Apparently, so the and this is the final action sequence of the the narrative game. So it has to be the hardest. It took me way too long. How long did it take you? It took me like three hours. I was smart and I didn't do it. I watched what? I watched it on YouTube. So you didn't actually finish this, complete this mission at all? No, I watched it because I figured if I was going for post content, I won't quiet. Okay, I think that's that's, that's smart because uh, if you complete that mission, then you of course she's no longer a part of your crew anymore, which uh, is unless annoying. Unless you use mods, which you can, I have no idea whether you'll get banned or not. But for right now, it looks like you can use whatever kind of mod you want. So, <laughs> okay. huh? Good to know, but uh. Yeah, and you yeah so in any case, yeah. you you take them all out, and then uh, I think what happens? Doesn't doesn't she get... Yeah, she gets wounded, right? Uh, what happens? She gets... Does she get hit with a tank thing? No, the, I think the problem is the sandstorm, and she can't breathe. Yeah, no, but she gets wounded. She gets, like, um, yeah, severely wounded, and so Big Boss has to pick her up and carry her out of there. Yeah, and the problem is, like, the parasites don't work unless she can... Uh, breathe freely and sandstorms prevent her from doing this i guess it, it's kind of unclear we think. yeah like we're pretty sure that she can't breathe in a sandstorm but she's been in afghanistan for a while and there's been plenty of sandstorms yeah, so i don't quite get it either. it's really unclear but anyway so she she ends up she ends up uh see her story just makes less sense the more i'm thinking about it, it, anyway, it continue it, it, does so so anyway you get out of there you you uh or you try to get out of there and all of a sudden you have to take cover behind a, uh, some ruins, and the soldiers start getting really close, but there's a cobra which bites Venom Snake, which is funny, because it's <laughs> a really bad play on words. And so he gets bit, trying to keep stealth, and so he starts to get take poison while the soldiers walk away, and then... The the helicopter finally shows up because it's the sandstorm starting to starting to clear, but still hasn't cleared. And so she starts to realize the only way that she can save Big Boss is to radio the tel- the, the helicopter and yeah. speak English for the first time in the game. Yep. And could you explain to us why that was a problem for her to speak English? Uh, to put it in simple terms, the evolution of the Wolbachia. Which is the parasite vocal? Also, virus what the thing. heck are what the heck is Wolbachia? I, I heard Code Talker say that. That's that's <laughs> what the name of the parasite is, though, or at okay, least what okay. they named it. Okay, so in Mission Forty Three, which is the part where the the they evolve, right? Okay, right, so right. Huey basically uh, irradiates them using something or other and causes them right. to evolve to a form that can spread via a physical connection, right? Okay, and that was the thing that I missed, is the fact that I thought that they were spreading the parasites by talking not in, in a language. Not in that case. But it's, but it's the language that activates them? Yeah, no, no, they were already in everybody, remember? The oh. reason why is that they were inert, because of the, um, the, the female ones that the co-talker had, right? So the male, uh-huh. they had two... They basically turned the males into females, so there's both all females. So, and the parasite couldn't asexually reproduce. Okay. So the parasites were still in everybody, and they mm-hmm. were all sterile from the treatment. Anyway, that's a secondary thing. But what happened yeah, was uh, but- Huey basically modified them so that they could 
basically asexually reproduce. Uh-huh. And so they also had new other abilities, which, you know, if you're thinking in evolutionary terms. And of right? course, because Huey did this, they had to make a, a decision within the whole community of what to do with Huey. Do we kill him? Because everyone wanted to kill him. Yeah. And Big Boss was like, no, we're going to do the humane thing and send him with enough food and wa- and water and exile him out to sea. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wow, this is big boss, man. I'm big boss. Yeah, this is this is pretty this is pretty pretty generous and and gracious of a villain. <laughs> yeah, and and to explain, right? So that's why they have to like run out because they want to get pecked to death by the crows. Who the crows would carry the parasite to land, and thus it would spread to most nations on Earth, which is why I had to right, kill right. All the people. Anyway, Quiet thinks that that might be happening to her. So for risk of. Uh, actually infecting the rest of mother base she leaves and that's right. why that whole mission 40 and she leaves because she doesn't want to make sh- ha- ever have human contact with anybody so yeah. that she doesn't cause them to have these parasites that then spread and kill everybody because of english yeah pretty much and because she was originally sent as the last ditch effort of Skullface to get rid of mother base right supposedly right no no she really was and she okay. just has a change of heart later when did she have the change of heart? Cause... It's not exactly clear, but, you know, there's, <laughs> okay. like, it's supposed to be, like, the bond you're building over time with the the character in the game as she's helping you is supposed mm-hmm. to kind of give you that, right? This game's a lot more of a shower than a teller, like the previous MGS yeah. games were, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think most people kind of picked up on that. I don't know. Yeah, I was dumb. I didn't get it at first. But... <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, that's... That's why she That's... leaves forever after speaking English, because I guess it activates them. Right. Yeah. And so after that, she leaves. I don't know if she dies or not. I, I guess she, she does. She presumably dies somewhere in a ditch. Yeah, well, there's no resolution to that, other than that she's gone. Yeah, She's always gone. Yeah, and, and if you listen to the tape that she leaves behind, it says she says something to the effect of, like, I am quiet, but I'm not quiet, but I'm quiet. She had the language of vengeance, but she chose the language of gratitude instead. That's I think that's her, that? one of her last lines. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Now that I understood what the heck happened. She's quiet in terms of normal speech, but the only language she could speak in was vengeance, which was, you know, just killing people. Yeah. Which is what, you know, most of the characters in the game want to do, which is to kill the people that wrong them. But uh, right, right. Quiet chooses not to. Yeah. And that, and that was, yeah, which well, is the theme that goes on with Venom Snake because Venom Snake has the same memories and experiences as Big Boss, but chooses to react to those in a way that is completely different from the actual Big Boss. Right. Right. So with he can choose race. to yeah. So he can choose to be Big Boss, right? Like uh-huh. I will kill Huey. I will kill this guy, right? But he just decides not to because yeah. he's basically a pacifist, I guess. If you yeah. want to think of it in terms of this game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The game's rewarding you so much for literally taking bullets for the people that you're trying, whose lives you're trying to preserve. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, at least that's how story. I was... See, so Quiet Story is a little weird, but, I mean, it, it does kind of resolve itself, and she ends up yeah. being one of the better characters in the whole game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, because she ends up saving, saving somebody who she was sent to kill. Yeah, which is... That's words can kill. I mean, how many times do you see that catchphrase in this game? Huh. And that's why Skullface loses his origin story because he can't even speak his native language anymore because he's infected with every single vocal parasitics. In is he infected with the English one? I don't know. 
No, I don't think so. I think that's the one that he does. He had been infected with. Yeah, he just got pissed off at Zero at some point and decided he was going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he wanted to fulfill the boss's will too. Did you not know this? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't even know what the heck the boss's will is. The boss's will is for people to live, uh, to keep the world the way it is, and to live as diverse people who live in a world where there's uh, no war, kind of. Okay. Yeah. But sure. basically, they choose. That's, also, why, that's why it's the way. Also, it's very confusing considering we have no idea what to call her other than the boss, and everything else in this game is about not only big boss, but then the other big boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so many big bosses. So it was already confusing to begin with, and then it gets even worse. <laughs> but. Was there any other weird say, plot thing that was. Oh, pause. Uh, we probably should talk oh, about Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain to me pause because, like, you told me today that you find out that something happens when you show her more pictures. And I showed her a picture the first time and saw that, like, she was just like, oh, this is, this is us whenever. Oh, and okay. Okay. So, um, you, even though you're Big Boss, you still have residual memories of being who you were before, just slightly enough, right? Uh-huh. And uh, she's, not a, she's not real. <laughs> Like she How do you find that out? She doesn't actually survive. She's a, a figment of your imagination. Well, if okay, you want to think so of it, because you have a giant like spike in your head, which can cause hallucinations. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. that, that's one of the things that they tell you in the very beginning of the game is that you have halluc- you're going to have hallucinations. And yeah. I figured, and- okay, for a Kojima game to have hallucinations, this is going to get really, 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 really trippy. Yeah. Well, and, and the irony is that is your it's not. Part of it, the illustration right. is your big boss. Yeah, that's probably the biggest. That that is the biggest thing is the fact that you you think that you are big boss. Yeah, but you still have memories of of Paz dying, right? Like they didn't get the second bomb. Well, he was there. He was there for it, so yeah. that makes sense. But they didn't really get the second bomb. Like, that that's why it contradicts right. actual things that happen. Okay, so explain for people who are listening who don't know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, Ground this. Zeroes, yeah. Well, well, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll just take it because I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, so Paz dies at the end of Ground Zeroes, and then in if you find a special platform on the top of the or a special room on the top of the medical platform, you go in there, and then you find out that Paz is still alive, which makes no sense whatsoever, <laughs> considering she was she was tortured and had a bomb put in both her stomach and her other end. <laughs> you could say it. How about her female genitalia is a better way to put it. All I know is that they that she says another bomb was put in my dot dot dot. And so <laughs> anyway, she drops out of the plane, explo- or out of the helicopter, explodes and all the shrapnel destroys big boss and then he wakes up in a coma many years later and that's where this game starts. Yeah, pretty much. And and of course then so she says she's still alive and she's yeah. not actually still alive. It's all just hallucinations. Yeah. And they in like Revolver Ocelot and Miller are like, yeah, uh, they got the second bomb out. And they show you an actual flashback of the of the second bomb being taken out. Right. Like right. as if she survived and it like screws with you. But yeah. Yeah, well so what did you have to do to find out that she was actually a hallucination? Or like uh, how did you come You do all the wandering soldier side missions? Yeah, I did all those. You pass all the ones in. I think you have to go out of the hospital at 
the room and then go back in and then she, there's like this weird cutscene where she's she like I still have the second bomb inside me and then her intestines fall out and then, <laughs> what? And then, and then suddenly uh, it goes black you wake up and uh, Venom Slink like, looks around like confused like what just happened and then a butterfly comes by and butterflies are typically a uh, symbol of death in Japanese culture so and then the, the butterfly also ends up being a hallucination but anyway I think you could just kind of have to assume that the, she's dead. Man. Yeah, it, but it's like guilt. You know, another phantom pain. Yeah. It's just, they just another add another aspect. one of them. It's a very sad game. Yeah, but it's also one that's extremely fun. Like, I can't help but just want, like, like even now, I just want to go back and I want to play more of the missions and get more of the random side objectives just to continue to make progress. Like, I have 98 hours in the game. And you know what percentage of game I have complete? What? Just take a guess. Uh, 60-something? 78. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have 78% of the game complete, which is a lot. Wow. But it takes about, like, if I'm just, like, purely knocking out, like, the completion things, which is basically whether or not you have an S ranking on a mission, whether or not you have all the side ops complete, whether or not you have um, development complete, whether or not you have the bases built, and whether or not you have... Um, did I already say side mission, side objectives on missions? Um, yeah, I think you also have to get an S rank on everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the animals. So those, animals, too. Animals, that was the other thing that I missed. You have to find all of the random animals and add them to the petting zoo, the the, the conservatory, yeah. is that what they call it? I don't even... Conservation did, platform? Did you, yeah, did you build that? Do you have that? I don't think I do. Maybe I do. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm, I know I don't. I didn't save the zoologist, and I think that's what I need to do. Oh, yeah. To build that up. Oh, goodness. Stop giving me incentive to play this. Anyway, <laughs> before I get too off track, I do want to say one more thing about it. And sure. In terms of a uh, story resolution perspective. So, everyone says that the game's not really about Big Boss being a bad person. But I think by the fact that he was willing to use a body double of his second best soldier in order to live as him and then steal this guy's the rest of his life he has to be big boss for him is mm-hmm. i would say an evil act <laughs> right cuz in the previous right. games he's a bit of a um, you know he he feels like a kind of a lighthearted dude yeah but in this one yeah he, i would i would suggest that that big boss is already a very villainous character oh yeah when the nukes come in and peace walker and stuff i mean you're not talking good character there <laughs> Yeah, and then once you get to this game and you're no longer playing as Solid Snake, you're playing as Venom Snake, or wait, not playing as Naked Snake, you're playing as Venom Snake. That means everything is... You can actually be a good guy. That's the weird thing, is the fact that... Yeah. (laughs) You get to be the good guy, but Big Boss... You are the good guy. But Big Boss has basically manipulated you to being... You know him, a variation of him. Yeah, to be, but the of, irony is that you're a good variation of him, even though, of course, ultimately you are the one that S- Solid Snake has to kill at the end of the first Metal yeah. Gear. And basically, you, Big Boss, takes your future away from you because now you are forever destined to be Big Boss, at least in the public eye. Right? This is. I, right. I'm guessing this is why when in the end of the game, right, he looks in the mirror and he sees like demonic like big boss face 
is that yeah. that's supposed to be the demon inside him, which is basically all these me- accumulated memories of being Bib Boss, which is yeah. why he shatters the glass. And then when he flips over the tape, if you didn't notice, in the background, the Diamond Dogs logo changes to Outer Heaven because it's actually a 10-year yeah. time jump to 1995 when the first Metal Gear takes place. Huh. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah, I know. But I did. I did like the. Uh, I did like the, the David Bowie that was playing at that point in the yeah. game. <laughs> then he walks into smoke, and it's like, but this guy, whoever he was, right, is forever lost to history. He's been absorbed in the legacy of Big Boss. Hmm. It's kind of a, a melancholy thing if you think of it that way. Sure. No, it's absolutely melancholy, and I think that's almost what I like about it. <laughs> And it's also Kojima saying, like, bravo, congratulations. Thanks for letting this series continue for 28 years. Now you get to be an awesome person. Kind of, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it kind of is. It really is. Like, he's, for the first time, made a game that is specifically about satisfying player desires in a non-ironic, non-dismissive way. Yeah. And also telling us, like, not to be Big Boss. Yeah. Because Big Boss is like an evil dude. Like yeah. the people you shouldn't be looking forward to playing a demon, as they might say, right? Yeah. <laughs> In this game. The whole point it's was good. like not playing as that. Yeah, and that was the weird thing is I walked away from this game feeling literally like this is the most Alright, I'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound really weird. I think this is like the most Christian game that I've played. Yeah. In the triple A scene. Like that, that of all video games that I have played that have been made by big companies in for millions of dollars released on discs and provided for the masses and big cultural affairs. This is by far the most Christian one that I've ever played in terms of like just having redemptive self-sacrificial ethics. It's so and, weird too. And, and, and having an attitude of, valuing people from different diverse backgrounds and like yeah <laughs> I know, it's so weird isn't it and then the child soldier <laughs> thing and there's like let's have him a, a life that's not behind the gun all these yeah and the real literally big, trying the, to literally using the resources that they have dedicated to war instead to train these child soldiers to have a normal life yeah. and not do war. And, and the real big boss says that child soldiers are ne- necessary for his vision of the world, right? Wait, and, where does he when when does that, he say that? This is in like Metal Gear 2, but he says like that uh we need child soldiers to continue the cycle of violence so that there will always be a world for soldiers to exist. Huh. So it's completely the opposite of everything that Big Boss stands for. Huh. Including nuclear deterrence, which is something that, if you're being Peace Walker, right, you're building nukes. <laughs> right, right. It's right. all like, yeah, it's just a very strange game in this sense. It's interesting to walk away and realize how much of the game is about disarmament. <laughs> yeah. So like, this is like the real Kojima, right? I mean, in some sense, he's writing characters huh. in the other games, but this feels like an exemplification of his like life philosophy. Which yeah. is like, don't be uh, taken in by ideologies, you know. Think for yourself. Don't separate people by race, class, language, etc., right? Yeah. There's just all these themes swirling in here. And not it's, it's not completely cohesive, and the game's clearly unfinished. But I think that's... Mm-hmm. It feels somewhat intentional that it's unfinished. 
Like he yeah. just decided he was just gonna. He already had an. I mean, he in mind. he had to know in some way, shape, or form that when he was seeing that the project was sucking up the resources and cutting ju- just running through millions of dollars, that he had to, had to have known that like he was not going to have enough to finish this game. Yeah, he, he didn't. He must have known at some point. He already had an ending in mind. Because there's no way you could have, like, fit people's expectations, too. Right. Like, you were never going to ever be able to live up to the legend of Big Boss, right? So instead, you make your own. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. And, of course, you know... And that actually makes the legend of Big Boss seem much bigger than it actually is. Yeah. You are the one that basically created it. And that's why all the trailers are, like, always, you know, they're misleading, just like they were in Metal Gear Solid 2. Not surprisingly. Uh, <laughs> which is the, you're gonna play as Big Boss and transform into a demon, and then everything subverts your expectations. Yeah, that's pretty. I cool. think that's a good place to end the end the the, the episode. Yeah, um, I think I've said a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that I have officially digested this game. Like like everything that I've wanted to say or think or do or write about the game, I've done, and I think I can. You know what? You know what I'm going to do as a way to close this chapter right now, Zach? What are you going to I'm going to do it. You're uninstalling I'm going to do it. I'm going to uninstall the game. Oh, uh, one more little tidbit. If you do, like, after the game's over and you've done Mission 46, if you talk to the people in Mother Base, they go, whoever you are, you're still my big boss. Right, 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 right. Oh, well, they say it in this way, like, whoever you are, you're still my big boss. <laughs> so weird and anyway this game's fantastic yeah. if you haven't actually played it i mean i don't i'm like what happened why is no one on theology gaming university like even remotely interested it confuses me totally. i i had i had yesterday i got tagged in a post by a kid that i haven't talked to in years he was asking his friends whether or not he should get this game and all of his friends were like i don't know i don't know i How haven't does no played one it know? <laughs> i'm like dude dude I uh, I played it a little bit, not very long, just ninety eight hours. Uh, I can say that uh, it's pretty much the best game you could ever play if you've ever liked sneaking into things or sneaking out of things. Um. Yeah, I mean, every, like the mechanics are perfect, almost literally yeah. perfect. Like, yeah, there's nothing I would which is really, weird to say. Like, yeah. I would, there's nothing I would really add or change about it. And like, the game is perfectly ported to PC. Like, anytime that a game comes out. That's on everything. The PC version sucks. And for, this game sings on my computer. Nothing in the game. Like, it sings at 60 frames per second. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, it, I don't understand why computer, it's so good. My computer is like three, four years old. It runs at 60 FPS. Ah, oh, man. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> and you know what? The, the best thing that I can do for this game is to give it a Viking burial. So right now I have delete <laughs> local content and I'm sending it off. To Valhalla. Delete. Oh, does it have cloud saves? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. Okay, thank God. <laughs> so that's deleting all 20, 28 gigs of game. I feel like this is a game I could come back to in like a, a few years. Oh yeah, I would. I, I'm, I'm totally gonna want to come back to this. I just need to need to give it a, 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 a an honest and and fair farewell, which I have. It is it is officially gone from my computer. I was actually surprised by the critical reception, and but they like it for different reasons, I think, than we do. What? Really? 
they they uh, they don't really say anything explicit about it because I think most Every- of the reviews were written in this. Um, what do you call it? One of those press events, and they had to finish the game in like. A lot of them were, but all, all the reviews that I liked that I read were like, this game isn't so much about the story as much as it's about you creating the story with the emergent actions that you do in the field. Yeah. And to me, that was what sold me on the game. Where, well, I was already sold. I already pre-purchased it, which is weird. I never pre-purchased games, um, but I, I did with this one, and I, I realized that was what I wanted. I wanted a stealth game where the systems... The, the the way that you approach an infiltration mission, everything was up to how you wanted to do it. Do you want to do it nighttime? Do you want to do it daytime? Do you want to uh, ride it into the base with a, in a tank? Do you want to drive in a, uh, a Soviet truck that they won't know that it's you, but they will get a little curious if you press the A button to duck down in your seat and they look at the truck. But you can still do truck stealth. Like, how many games have truck stealth? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's just this game is insane. It's like it's yeah. designed totally wrong. The structure is way off. And it, well, wait, wait, wait. I don't understand what you mean by it's designed totally wrong. Well, if you're going to complete a game project, you don't just like fix all the mechanics first and then try to figure out how you're going to finish the game. <laughs> oh, that's a really great point. It's it's designed inversely. Like, yeah, it's the mechanics have obviously been refined over like must be five or six years he probably had been they've been designing all the levels the maps all the stuff all the game stuff and then like all the design everything in the game is designed perfectly and yet they ran out of they see yeah you're i see exactly what you mean that they ran out of content but the (laughs) irony is that everything that's there is perfect yeah like obviously the money it, it is a confidently efficient waste of money (laughs) <laughs> sure so yeah 80 sure. million dollars I'm, yeah I'm okay with it <laughs> yeah wow cool yeah. well uh, I think we've kind of said all that needs to be said that is that is the uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 spoiler cast wait no what? No, we didn't spoil the whole thing so we'll call this the the the, the perfect ending the ending to metal gear solid 5 yeah. and if you made it this far <laughs> you need to know i have not played through all of snake eater nor peace walker nor metal gear solid 4 though i doubt most people on earth made it through that game <laughs> yeah no i played through every single one of them um except for peace walker i didn't finish peace walker because i hated the bosses so much oh and the grinding i'm sure the, the grinding bosses yeah um well the grind the the grinding of like getting new soldiers and stuff like that that didn't bother me because the stealth and it was almost as good as as Phantom Pain, but just like on a crappy PSP version of the of Phantom Pain. I feel like I should play the rest of the games now, just for comparison's sake. You should you should go and play Peace Walker because you, you didn't you get the, the Legacy Collection? Yeah, I have the PS3 whatever HD collection, so I can play through most of them. Oh, you have the HD collection. I thought you had. I thought you bought the Legacy Collection, which was like every single one of the games. No, and I was tempted. I, to I do saw the same. that. I saw that, and I was like, I want a physical copy of MGS One last year, so I just picked up that one. Oh, like okay. And I kind of want to play that now too, but I'm not going to. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I have sent away sent away the game in its Viking burial. I am I am resolved <laughs> with the series now. I am done. I am. I'm swearing off the series with a sense of satisfaction. Yeah, it's a nice conclusion. <laughs> it's a nice conclusion. And when, speaking of conclusions, that's the end of our show. Yeah. Um, if you would like to uh, hear more of our show, um, 
tell us that you like us. Become our friend. Uh, send us presents. Subscribe. Uh, even stuffed animals. Oh yeah, yeah. You can subscribe on iTunes yeah, and give that. us five star ratings or whatever. Yeah. But I like stuffed animals. Uh, chocolate. Um, long walks in the no. Uh, send them through <laughs> your fiber optics. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, that's. <laughs> That's enough of me being weird and random. And also, um, Theology Gaming University, please join us on Facebook. We'd love to talk about Metal Gear Solid Five, but nobody's yeah. talking about it for some reason, so we have to make podcasts about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.